0: Hey there everybody, this is Ryan Kelly here with the Royals FG Show Podcast doing a special episode. This is just gonna be a quick rundown of the Real Salt Lake women soccer team. This is a team that is not very well known about among the RSL fan base, and we just wanted to take a moment to highlight them and kind of we've made mention of them during some of our episodes here and there but we thought it'd be good to give them kind of their own piece and take some time to uh, just put them in the spotlight a little bit more than they usually are and i'm doing this one on my own tonight um because i'm kind of the most familiar with them out of the three regular hosts that we have so uh Virjo and cindy both said you go ahead and take this one and get us all of the uh the information that you have so let's start off with just a little bit of a background on the team itself so this is a a local club team that started out back in 2008 and they were originally known as sparta united <clears throat> uh, they were also at one time called salt lake united and in 2013 they were approached by rail salt lake and asked if they wanted to uh kind of become part of the RSL family so uh, they agreed they changed their uniforms changed their logo to uh, one that looks like the uh, Real Salt Lake crest with the word women on a ribbon underneath and uh, f- so from 2013 on they've been playing with the Real Salt Lake name uh, they played their actually played their first season at Rio Tinto Stadium and then uh, after in the 2014, they moved to America First Field, wow. uh, RSL's practice field. And then uh, for 2015, they were playing on the campus of the University of Utah. Uh, that season, they were um, so they were playing in the Women's Premier Soccer League or WPSL uh, from 2008 up until 2015, Uh, WPSL, if you're not familiar with that league, it is huge. Uh, It has been one of the longest-running second-tier women's soccer leagues in the nation. They have over 100 teams. They have conferences in in every region of the United States. And uh, they really have kind of been one of the, maybe the name in women's soccer at, at that second level for a long, long time. Um, but a lot of these semi-professional teams, they are, you know, they they struggle to travel long distances. And, and, and despite WPSL's best attempts to make small regional conferences where you're talking maybe a quick drive, um, especially out here in the, in the western United States, that's... You know, unless you have a a good group in, you know, Southern California, Northern California, somewhere like that with a lot of teams, uh, teams in Utah and and, and the conferences that that RSL women got put into a lot of times had teams in Texas, teams in Oklahoma. It was was a lot of travel. RSL women had the luxury of being affiliated with a professional club, getting some help with travel expenses. Uh, These other teams don't always have that. And so... Uh, for example, in the 2015 season, a lot of their games ended up being forfeits because the the, you know, the traveling teams didn't just didn't even make it to Salt Lake. Uh, one team that was supposed to be in the conference that year just uh, did never played a game from day one. Um, so at the end of that season, the team was uh, invited to uh, compete in a, in a tournament. Uh, where, well, it really was just kind of a, a championship game. And uh, they got an opponent. They came to Salt Lake. It was actually part of a sort of triple header at Rio Tinto Stadium, uh, with the women's team playing. And then watching RSL on a on a on a on, the sc- on the screen out in the pavilion uh, as a for an away match, and then back in the stadium to watch the Monarchs play later that night. Uh, they won that seven to nothing. They were named the WPSL Elite Champions. And then after that, they became part of United Women's Soccer, which was a league formed of uh, teams from the W League, teams from WPSL, these teams that wanted to move in a different direction and create a league with a little bit of a higher standard of play, um, a higher level of talent. Uh, rules about participation, you know, there are, you, you have to be committed to join this league. and you, you have to show up to your matches, fill the full roster, be ready to play uh, uh, for every every match that you're scheduled to play in your conference. So 2016 kicked that off. Uh, they uh, RSL women are part of the West Conference of WPSL. And they, that was one of two conferences that inaugural season. Um, they came up just short of, uh, of winning the conference on based on points in the regular season. Uh, but we're, we're just a, a hair behind uh, the Santa Clarita Blue Heat, who eventually ended up winning the championship game that year in a, in a one-game playoff against the Eastern Conference champions, which were New Jersey Copa FC. So, uh 2017 saw some changes in their conference. Uh two teams left the conference, two teams were added. Um to the the two that left were the the two clubs from Colorado. Uh they were replaced by a couple from uh, uh actually a, a team from Calgary up in Alberta, Canada, and then a team from the uh, Los Angeles area. Uh didn't have as great of a season the second year. Um Santa Clarita won the conference again and went on to represent the West Conference in the playoffs. The league added a Midwest Conference for 2017 and they were the hosts, so they had two teams in the expanded playoffs and then the East and West champions were there as well. Uh, Santa Clarita won their opening playoff game, made it to the final against Grand Rapids FC and lost that match. Grand Rapids was the... Uh, champion for 2017 in their inaugural season in the league so flash forward to this year uh, united women's soccer is making some some big strides and and doing their best to grow and be a a, i wouldn't necessarily say a competitor but they want to be a a strong viable counterpart to what wpsl is doing the more teams that there are that have an opportunity to play high-level soccer and be competitive, the more teams that are uh, giving women an opportunity to play. Even at at the semi-professional level, it's all part of growing the game, raising the profile of women's soccer in the United States. So they have added a Southwest Conference this year. There are five teams down in Texas, uh, El, El Paso, uh, ASA El Paso, uh, FC Austin, uh, two teams in Houston, and a team called the North Texas Image uh, came into the Southwest Conference this year, and there's also provisional, uh, provisionally this year a Southeast Conference uh, made up of some Florida teams, and they are doing kind of a trial run looking to become a full conference next year they're always looking to expand and add teams to be a part of this organization uh the good news about that southwest conference uh brought the houston aces back in they they were they've been a long time uh conference foe for rsl women and it was good to see them come back as well as uh, colorado pride rejoined the league this year so, that's that's just kind of a brief, a little bit messy rundown of the league. Um, so, uh, the 2018 season has kicked off for for the uh, RSL women. They had two games this past weekend. A uh, home game uh, this last Friday that started off against Santa Clarita and ended up as a 0-0 draw. Uh, that Santa Clarita RSL matchup is always one of the toughest every year. Uh, Santa Clarita is a great squad. Uh, they have a lot of high-level talent. They've got uh, they've got uh, Venezuelan national team and Florida State star Dana Castellanos. Uh, they have former Canadian international defender Lawrence Sesselman. Uh, they've got a good good squad. Uh, they're they're well coached, and it's always a battle. Uh, in fact, every um, even though RSL women's record against them isn't the best. In five matches so far, uh, it's uh, two draws and three losses. But all three of those losses were only by one goal each. So it's, it's always a good, uh, tightly contested match between the two clubs. And uh, there's, there's a good chance that RSL, despite opening this season with a draw against them, uh, might be able to sneak a win in the away match later this season this is one of the best rsl women teams uh that there's been in quite a long time uh then they had a travel day on saturday to go over to colorado springs and take on colorado pride uh they went down to goal early but then rattled off three in a row uh there was a, a brace by uh u of u forward haley north and then uh uh, long-time RSL standout, uh, Colette Smith, uh, actually made a really great run and uh, found the back of the net for the third goal, and that ended up being the game-winner as the Pride would score a late goal and final score of 3-2, to two. so RSL women get a win in the first weekend and look forward to finishing off their season strong. Uh, so with the with the setup the way it is, it's actually nice for the RSL this year. They've got a, a conference of six. So they're getting ten games this year instead of just eight. They, they play a fully balanced home and away schedule. And uh, their next match is coming up this Friday night, and they are actually, um, they're playing all their games, their home games out at the newly opened, zions bank real academy Uh, they're using one of the indoor fields and uh i think that facility is so great uh any rsl fan royals fan anybody that follows the organization has seen that facility Uh, some of us even in person and uh it's really great for them to have that option available to go out there and play so um you know um i always wish that uh, I, I've never understood why this team has has struggled to be known amongst the fan base. Um whenever I talk about the team, usually the first response I get is we have a women's team. Um, you know, nobody even knows about it. Uh they they you know, they do get you know they've played some games at, at Rio Tinto Stadium, they've been part of uh autograph sessions after matches and things like that, but nobody really is aware um that this team plays, and, and plays as Real Salt Lake, which is, uh, you know, a little frustrating. And uh, honestly, the way I got into, and I've mentioned this story before, but the way I got into women's soccer so passionately was was following the, the United States World Cup win in 2015. Uh, I, you know, I myself didn't even remember that RSL had a women's team. And I looked them up and then started following them a little bit more closely and really got interested in the idea of working to promote women's soccer here locally. Um, Of course, I, like everybody else, had no idea that we would be getting Utah Royals FC so soon. Um, And so my personal hope was that RSL women would get a few more years to really dig deep into the market and build a passionate fan base around women's soccer that would catapult an eventual eventual NWSL franchise into having a solid group of supporters and then fill in as their as their reserve or, or second tier team like like the monarchs are for RSL. Uh, but RS you know the Royals were the surprise that that nobody really knew was coming, so, when that happened, um, that's kind of left RSL Women in limbo a little bit as far as what their place within the RSL organization is. Um, I was I was speaking with um, some of the team management uh, before the game Friday, and uh, it's, it's very possible that the team is going to change their name. Uh, no idea what to just yet, and also no idea why they didn't just do that this year. I mean, even if it was just to go back to the old club name um that would have been very possible then um, i uh, they, i found out they they still have all their uniforms and everything that they used to wear back it before 2013 so that that change could have been made uh they just decided not to jump on that right now but it is understandable that there's going to be confusion now uh with Utah Royals FC and then a team called Real Salt Lake Women people are going to be wondering who is who and um it definitely needs to be a more of a collaborative relationship than than one that confuses people. And, uh, in fact, I've heard... I heard it even... It it, it did cause some confusion that uh, some people bought season tickets for rail Salt Lake Women, showed up at the Rio Tino box office, and couldn't figure out why they weren't getting their tickets, and they thought they were buying Royal seats. So, uh, definitely, I, th- I think a name change probably is a good idea. It'll be interesting to see where they go with that um but uh I, you know i'm honestly not certain right now how how serious uh, the rsl organization is about having this team involved and i i personally think that's kind of unfortunate i mean this is this is totally just my own take uh, obviously but you know this team has done a lot in the last five seasons representing the rsl organization uh to be uh you know a, a team that that plays uh, kind of the rsl way that um represents the the organization well and um you know i i think that uh, you know i wish they had more recognition for what they've done and the work they've put in to make this team work you know they, they get some help from from the RSL organization for travel costs and things like that but they also do a lot of their own fundraising their own uh, you know they have to set up where they're going to play they have to figure all that stuff out take care of their own equipment um, they're managing this all on their own and uh, they they really are to be commended for the work they've put in and then the players that have been with the club for a long time it's um, you know, hopefully, the the future plans involve this organization in some way because uh, they've got a great coaching staff. They've got uh, a lot of experienced veteran players that could fit in with a a team that is built to be a place where uh, any excess talent that the Royals can't use due to the limits of the NWSL roster sizes uh, could get some, some game minutes and, uh, and play in a really good system. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that RSL doesn't just kind of let this fall to the side because that would just be, um, I'd be not only kind of a waste, but, um, you know, I think I think this team deserves at least a chance to to become a a really fully valued part of the RSL family and and help the organization going forward. Uh, you know, I know a lot of their veteran players like Annie Hawkins, Natalie Norris, Colette Smith, who who scored for the team over the weekend, uh, Jess Vanderver They uh, you know they would love to continue on and and be part of. Uh, working with young up-and-coming talent—I mean, that's kind of what they already do. A lot of the RSL women roster is composed of uh, local college players who are in their off season, but they want to stay sharp. They want some game experience. They want to get some work in at a higher level, and uh, this gives them an opportunity to use their off season in a positive way and get some get some great minutes in against other players. Uh, that are either at or maybe even a little bit above their level of play so it's it's a challenge it's it's a good developmental league and when you're looking at a a team like the royals who have players coming out of college going through the draft and maybe they don't make the roster that happened to two great players in taylor isom and ej proctor this year Uh, i i'm as as much as i love the royals roster I'm, i'm really disappointed for those two that they aren't getting time on the field and uh, or at least don't have a bigger role and a contract with Utah Royals FC. So, you know, this is a team where, you know, they should be playing. Uh, they should be involved in this, and it could offer them a, a chance to grow, show what they're capable of, uh, be ready for any moments that an injury might need them to be called in to the, f- to the first team. You know, it, it, it could be that that Rail Monarchs type of team for Utah Royals. And um, that's, you know, well, you know, that's up to other people besides me to decide. But if, if I were making that choice, I definitely want this organization involved rather than trying to build something from the ground up. And, uh, which, not that they couldn't do that, but... Uh, so, that's just a little bit about... Real Salt Lake women. Um, they still have four home games remaining. Like I said, those are all going to be played out at the uh, the Academy facilities in Harriman Utah. Uh, next one is this Friday at 7 p.m. Uh, then they do have a couple of Sunday home games uh, before a final one on a Friday night. So, but the good news is none of these. Um, do, well there's a slight overlap actually this week with the uh with the royals the the uh RSL women game starts at 7 the royals game starts at 8:30 but it is an a way match so uh, you can always catch that on the TV after the uh RSL women game but the rest of their games are, are they don't, there's not an RSL game happening there's not a monarchs game happening um people in the uh UWS office did a good job whether that was intentional or not of uh at least it helps helps somebody like me a lot. Where uh, you know I like to go to a lot of the games, um, and I won't miss any of them because I'm ha- I have RSL tickets at night or something like that. So um, you know there was a really good crowd. Um, it was only around 80 people, but uh, I mean for this team that's pretty solid attendance. And uh, Brittany Ratcliffe from the Royals roster actually came out and checked the game out too which was great to see so uh, i'm a little bummed that they'll be uh, up in portland uh, i'd like to see a few more of them come out and support but uh, happy that happy that they did for the first game um and uh, i'd love to see bigger crowds out there uh, one of the biggest problems is they just people don't know people would go but nobody has had a chance to to realize that this team is there to go and watch them play so um The other great thing about it this year is that a lot of those uh, veteran players for the team that have been there for a number of years were uh, trialists during the Royals preseason this year. So um, they've gotten that experience working with Laura Harvey. They've kind of raised their game to another level, and uh, they are a lot of fun to watch. the team that's coming in this week, Calgary Foothills, is a great club from up in Canada. Their development system is, is really incredible. And uh, their head coach, Troy Flannery, uh, met him last year. He's a good guy. And uh, I'm actually excited for them to come back and uh, check out our new facilities down here. Um, so uh, I invite everybody to come out. Um, tickets are $10. Uh, you can get those at the door. I believe it's $5 for, uh, for kids. And, uh, you know, come and check out this lesser-known part of the RSL family. It would be great to see you out there and uh, all the players and uh, the coaches would certainly appreciate the support. Um, if I missed anything, if anybody that's, uh, that's listening to this thinks of anything else that you want to know, uh, any questions, uh, be sure to uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter at rfc show Uh, you can um, you can also email us that's urfc show at gmail.com we are happy to answer any questions if we have to do some research we'll gladly do it Uh, so thanks again for listening to the royals fc show special rsl women edition we'll catch you later